We go together like peas and carrots. The Peas and Carrots Podcast, sharing life from our piece of the vegetable patch. Brian and Kayla Sanders. Welcome to the Peas and Carrots Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Kayla. How you doing? Doing well. We're a little stuffed. We are. We're on a little bit of a different schedule this week. <laughs> it's actually Sunday at the time of this recording. It is. It's Sunday uh, afternoon. Yeah, and we just left uh, one of our favorite restaurants in town, Avellino's. We did. It's an Italian place. And yep, grabbed some lunch after church. Had uh, a Caesar salad, and I had spaghetti and meatballs. I had manicotti. How can you eat stuff that doesn't have meat? It's just like oh, shells here we and go. cheese. It's stuffed. I like it. it uh, I do. It's just, is that your defense? I like it. If I like it, I eat it. Okay. All right. And we ordered breadsticks to go with the meal. It looked like a cheese pizza, but it was glorious. Us, and they brought us to like a little mini cheese pizza. It was with, awesome. So I felt, well, it was supposed to be breadsticks covered in mozzarella. And it well, was, that's what it was. But that's, you realize most breadsticks at... An Italian restaurant or pizza dough, right? But I was expecting something like Olive Garden. Anyway. You know how good. their breadsticks come out? Sure. I'm not fussing. It was just different. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, that's going to be my expression today. I like it. Uh, speaking of being on a different schedule. Oh, yeah. Uh, the organization that we serve, we are in fundraising season at the time of this recording. We are. And this year, fundraising season will go for two weeks. We'll take two weeks off for Easter. Well, not two weeks off from work, but we take two weeks off from fundraising. Then we come back for two more weeks because mm-hmm. we have a total of five different stations and their schedules and everything else. So uh, we get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. We do. And we're here from 5.30 to like 6.15 in the So evening. I want to back up for just a second because for those that are not in the radio bubble – when you hear the word fundraising, it can kind of denote a negative tone for some people. So we are a nonprofit. The organization we work for, we cannot receive government grants and things like that. And so twice a year, we have to raise our funds so that we can keep our staff and take care of our signals. It's expensive to run a radio ministry. And I know that for a lot of people, fundraising gets a negative rap, but we try to do it with a very high level of ethics and just, yeah, so... No tricks, no drama. I don't, I don't want everyone to assume when we say fundraising, you understand automatically what that means for us, but we both have roles that we play to help our teams with keeping their stations funded so that they can focus then on engaging with listeners and spending time at events and things like that. But it does. It lends to several weeks of very, very early starts. We're reminded who the morning person is, and that's not me. Well, I'm still not too chippy at 4 o'clock in the morning. Let's just go on record. Some days, though, you have way more words than anybody should at 4 o'clock well, in the morning. I think I have way more words than most people do in this world. Well, Let me just say that. Because I'm very much an extrovert. You'll wake up, bounce out of bed. How'd you sleep? 
I'm still trying to figure out who I am <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning, let alone how I slept or Bless yeah. It. But no, it, it hits different at this little age. Older. Would you agree? Yes, a little older. Oh. It doesn't doesn't come as easy. No. It doesn't uh and you need, in my opinion, I need that sleep. So like right now we're going to bed at what, eight o'clock? Eight thirty, yeah. Getting up at four. That's the other part. I know that in some people's minds, it may look as if we're very antisocial. And it's not intentional, but it kind well, of is because we have to make sure we're rested. And it's, yes. it's hard to commit to things that are going to go until 10, 1030, knowing Nine, that we have to. <laughs> 830. Eight, um, yeah, we're just we're in a phase where it requires a little more rest. So. Mm. Well, but the Lord's blessing, it's going well. It is, it is going well, yes. I am happy about that. I'd like to bring up a topic here for public consumption. Oh, dear. Okay, Okay. where are we going? Easter decor. You have started putting out (laughs) Easter decor. and Strategically, Now, by the time you listen to this, Easter's probably come and gone, okay? But it's like two weeks away when we're recording this. Yeah. She has little Easter critters. It's Peter Rabbit. He's not a critter. Well, who's that other little thing? It's a duck. Okay. And they she, might be staring no, at you. Okay. She strategically places these <laughs> things to where they're staring at me. Like she places them to where, mm. like on the sofa or on an end table to where they're looking at me. Okay. Peter is very innocently sitting First on the of all, couch. Why do these things have names? They it's are stuffed. Peter Rabbit. They're, they're critters. No, stop. The duck does not have a name, but it might be sitting on the end table in such a way that it's saying hello to you. This doesn't talk. (laughs) So why do you do this to me? Because this is how you react. See, if you had never reacted, I wouldn't have so much fun. There's also a rabbit on the other side of the room giving you. And then downstairs, uh, we have a sofa. Uh Uh-huh. And she has Pumbaa and Timon from the Lion King on that sofa. That's just their perch. And she has strategically placed them to where they look at me. They're not looking at her. Well, you're sketchy. People have to keep their good eye on you. They're so. not people. Well, there you go. Again, rule what number you, one. What would you? You got wound up about it, which just made it even more fun. What are you going to do if you come home one day and all these critters are gone, missing? Move out. Oh, that escalated quickly. Because it means someone else has been in our house. and Oh, yeah. so you wouldn't think I would have done it. I dare you. Oh, okay. All right. All right, write that down here. Okay. All right. Mm. There was a time, though, early in our marriage, I had, I'd been given a stuffed Elmo. It was back during during the initial phase of the whole... There was this Tickle Tickle Me me Elmo Elmo and all this stuff. And you took great delight in torturing him. I do believe I came home one day and he was hanging from the ceiling fan. I have no recollection of this. Oh, I do. Or he would be swinging from the drapes. This is what psychiatrists call false memories. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Yeah. No. Let's not repeat that era. Just saying. They're going to come up missing. I'm just saying. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, time to 
talk a little bit deep. Get a little serious. Get a little for a few serious, minutes. maybe a little uncomfortable. I want to talk about trusting God. Mm. And for you, the listener, why is it so hard to trust God? Why is it so difficult? And so that's where I want to start because now if trusting God's easy for you, go on. You can just fast forward through this whole rest of this podcast. (laughs) But I find that to be extremely difficult because of my personality. I think we all do in different seasons. And I don't like the whole platitude that just says, well, give it to God. Well, what's that mean? Because does that mean, Lord, it's yours, and then I'm supposed to just stop thinking about it? Well, how do you stop thinking about something you're worried about? Mm. Or does that mean a lack of faith on my part? So for me, it's hard to trust God because I like to navigate situations to a particular end. I'm not saying I'm a control freak. You like vision casting, and you like it when the plan goes to expectation from start to finish. Would that be fair to say? Yes. Yes. So trusting him means what could happen? That it goes off my plan. Mm. <laughs> what was the mm about? Because I think you've identified something for a lot of us. Perhaps it comes down to our sense for control, which rattles our trust. Mm. Why is trusting God necessary? Because we are finite beings, and he is not. And he knows the beginning from the end. And so if we could just find a way to rest in that truth, I'm not saying I've conquered this because I'm a control freak. There, I finally said it. Mm. I owned it. You may not write that down. What did I Um, pick up a pen? You look down at it. Well, I was looking at my notes. Yeah. I wonder if that, but our need to orchestrate things and know every part of a plan or a process or how it's going to finish, perhaps our trust gets eroded because we can't do that. And I think another big thing for me is I tend to want to trust God like I would any human being. Mm. What's that mean? And we humans are flawed. So we're going to disappoint each other. We're going to fail each other. There's going to be moments where we mess up and trust is eroded, but we can't view God the same way we do our other relationships. Mm. I think it's necessary to trust God because there are going to be things that come into our lives that we can't handle. Mm. That, And therefore, if I can't handle that, what makes me think I can handle smaller things? And I think that mm. that's an illusion at times, that I'm actually handling this. No, I think God's giving grace for me to have wisdom on decisions to make. So mm. that's a big issue for me uh we've been through some stuff in our lives we're not going to unpack all that here sure we don't want to scare you off we don't want to scare you off although some of you know us personally you're like 
I could tell you stories. <laughs> and not much that could surprise oh. them at this point. So here's, so here's my thing. What have we learned from trusting God? Um, he loves us, all of us. That's interesting. I see that's not the first thing that came to my mind. What's that say? I never, it's not first. What actually came to my mind is that he takes care of us. I guess that's kind of along the same line. Yeah. But for you, it's a reminder. Yeah. What have we learned? Well, together we've learned that he does love us. Mm-hmm. He does take care of us. It's a great reminder on days when I feel forgotten by God. He knows us intimately, and he knows what's better for us. Yes. Man, that's hard for me to, that's hard for me to agree to because I don't like pain. I don't like suffering. I don't like. Well, none of us do. No, but, you know, why do I have to go through this if it's going to hurt? And from my understanding of the Bible, I think it's because we're so bent so far away from God, it takes extraordinary circumstances to knock us back in alignment, if that makes any sense. To, to make us more like Jesus, it takes those extreme circumstances where he works in our lives. Well, if we truly believe that everything that happens is for his glory and our good, we have to trust the bad is included in that. Would that be fair to say? Yes. And we have to believe that the bad has a purpose. Sure. And that's a whole deep theological rabbit hole. And this is a huge thing to wrestle. These sound like very bold statements that, well, okay. That we've conquered it. And we haven't. No, we're a mess. We still wrestle with, okay, God. I went to a women's retreat about 10 years ago now. And the speaker talked about trusting God and the things that we tend to grip and won't relinquish to him. And in the quiet moments of that weekend, there were several moments where we were encouraged to go off by ourselves. It was at a beautiful facility. We were near a lake. And we were encouraged to take some time and, you know, go walk by ourselves, spend some time with God. And in one of those moments, as if he was sitting next to me by that lake, I heard God say, you trust me with everything but Brian. You have given me your life, but you have not given me him. Mm. And in that moment, I had to come to realize that that was true. I trusted him with the plan for my life. I trusted him with all of the pain that I had faced to that point. Mm. But I would almost give him you and then take you back. It was as if it was this yo-yo kind of back and forth that, okay, God, I'm trusting you with when he travels. I'm trusting you with his health. I'm trusting you with his identity, everything. And then I would snatch it back. Like, nope, I can't trust you to take care of him. I can't trust you. And I wonder sometimes if that's what, being a parent looks like i don't know because i haven't been one but is that something that they wrestle with is okay oh, god yes. i give you my kids yes, and yes. Then they take them back you know, i've and had say, friends say that of course but would it be honest of us to admit that perhaps we've made god like a vending machine 
think we all do. And we trust him when we're putting in and getting out what we want. So it's easy. To, so it's like a transactional hmm. relationship. I think we've kind of reduced God to where he's only supposed to supply what makes us happy mm. or to what makes us comfortable, what makes us pain-free. And really what we need is a framework of cheerful suffering Ooh. because you're going to do more suffering in this life mm. than you ever expect. You're going to have more questions in this life sure. than you ever expect. So we do need a framework for how do you suffer well? Mm. And a lot of that, if you look at American Christ, American Christianity, you won't find that. You'll find seven steps to a better marriage. You'll find six steps to like a better checkbook instead of yeah. how do you do this? And I'm not saying that's what it all should be, but yet it should be, but it, but it should be part of it. But we put if-thens on things. Yes. God, if, if I from, do this, then yes. you'll do that. Or we make deals if with I God. if I believe enough, or and I don't think that's how God works, and that's not really trust. That's just expecting Him to react the way we've crafted Him to. So, how do we trust God? Well, I'm just going to speak for myself. When I worry. Hmm. I still think about it a lot. I'm just being blunt. Two, I do pray about it. Mm -hmm. uh, three, I will read the Psalms a lot. I read the Psalms and I keep up with Jesus a lot because it's there that, that, that I find comfort. It's there that I find hope. It's there that I find truth. And four, for some reason, I've never quit. I've never said, well, this is hopeless. Because Romans 5 says that hope does not disappoint. And, he, and Paul ties that hope to the fact that uh, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if, so if God loves me enough that, that I'm unable to believe in him on my own, that while we were still sinners, while, while we were still in rebellion, he sends Jesus well, then there's a reason for hope. If there's a reason for hope, well, then I can trust. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so. Well, we are told that one day our faith will become sight. Mm. And I do find hope in that. If we really believe God is who he says he is, and if all of this is more than just a grand story or good book, which... I have to believe it is, then one day all of this will become clear in ways that we could never imagine. But I think for now, I have to continue to believe what I've read and continue reading it. There's, too, there's just too much in there that I can't... Mm. I can't forget stories like Ruth... And how God was faithful to her. And Esther, and how he, he literally saved her people. And Joseph, and how God walked him through the horrid experiences he went through. The people of Israel, the, 
just on and on and on. We could sit here all afternoon and share story after story of God's faithfulness and how he could be trusted in the most difficult of circumstances. Mm. He gave Sarah a child when she never dreamed it would be possible. He just wanted her to trust, and she did. So I think of so many circumstances that we can look back to and cling to in giving him whatever it is that we're snuggling and not fully surrendering to him because Mm. we think that we can handle it better Mm. or we can control the outcome better. And we're all guilty of it. I mean, worry is something that in some form or fashion, especially I would say for the last two years, we've all sat with Mm. as we've walked through a time in history that none of us could have predicted or wanted. Yeah, I think, again, I go back to this. This is what I have to hold to. I cannot compare my God to any human Mm. who is flawed, as am I, and equate him in the way I trust to any relationship that I have here on earth. Because he is trustworthy. Because he is not going to let me down. Amen. Uh, All right. Well, you brought me to my repentance. So good words. (laughs) Uh, Different words. What do you mean? I am from the South. My dad, you know, grew, I grew up in Louisiana. You grew up in England. You spent the first eight or nine years of your life there. Mm-hmm. So there are certain words, like I like to say y'all. Mm-hmm. But you can't say squirrel. I say squirrel. What? <laughs> There's no E in this word. Is there E in it? Yeah, there is. Yeah. But there, it's not squee. Okay, say this word for me. S-Q-U-I-D. Squid. Okay. Squirrel is S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L. Squirrel. Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. Okay, hover. Hover. It's not hover. Works for me. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) So, would you like to share why you got off on this little tangent we today? Were, we, we left our lunch earlier, and we were driving here to the, to the studio. And you were asking me if I've tried chocolate lately. And I said, sadly, I had, and I still, since COVID, do not like chocolate. And, and I made the said, comment that it tastes like swill. I said, is that <laughs> even a word? And you reached down, picked up your phone, looked up swill, and it meant rotten refuse, one it, of the definitions. It can mean like kitchen waste or, yeah. So. I think that was a recent word on Wordle, by the way, swill. Maybe. I don't I've know. I've never used it in but. my entire life. And you just throw it out there like it's just everyday language force. We run into this sometimes, though. I will use a word that was no, probably from. no, no. She will make up words. No, I do make up words. Yes, she does. It's a it's a cute little thing. 
I called someone a Nimrod one day. <laughs> well, and, that's a word. Well, you swore sure. it wasn't a word. Well, it is, but I don't think I'd use it. Well, I probably shouldn't. But are there other words that bother you, dear? <laughs> You see, it's become a thing now. It's not supposed to be. It's a topic on a piece of paper. No, mm-hmm. I think. I think. Well, you know, just uh, we do run into this though, and it's kind of the blending of an American and a British culture. Well, when you get on the phone with your mom or your aunt and or grandma, I'm just like, what is going on? Like we were talking. I back- do slip right back into it. Yeah. Yes, it's like. We were on the phone. This has been years ago when we first got married, and your dad had called from England. And I said, well. Oh, uh, this was so embarrassing. Dad, how you doing? Well, Brian, I've been made redundant. And I was like, well, congratulations. That's awesome. And And I come running in the room. I'm like, he just got laid off from his job. I'm from Louisiana. (laughs) I don't use words like redundant and swill. We say got fired and it's rotten. Well, there you go. <laughs> Y'all fancy <laughs> with your words. <laughs> so, What can I say? I think we need to end there. I will say, though, finally, if you want to follow a really fun page on Facebook oh. and understand British people. It's on Instagram, too. Isn't it? Just I don't Facebook. know. I found it on Facebook. Oh, I stumbled upon it. What's it called? It's called Very British Problems, and it's about british people and so far it's nailed me to the wall but i'm really loving it so yeah well thanks for listening to the peas and carrots podcast uh be sure to subscribe to the peas and carrots podcast or search for us peas and carrots podcast on facebook and you can download us wherever you get your podcast be watching for some interesting questions and maybe we'll be asking you what's a word that you use that others would make fun of and be careful driving today we don't want you to hit a squirrel (laughs) squirrel for more about the peas and carrots podcast and to reach out to brian and kayla visit peasandcarrotspodcast.com did you know that 40 percent of families in the u.s are blended megan and Derek host the blended podcast navigating the ups and downs of being a blended family Search The Blended Podcast with Megan and Derek today.